hey, old and you're about this NBA bubble that they're doing. What? No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you right. think I you, am? Someone who follows the NBA? <laughs> or, you know, someone just alive. So the NBA <laughs> is doing this, like, basically a postseason tournament. There's a few regular season games for whatever reason. Basically just like a, a little postseason tournament to end the season. Um, and it's played in a bubble. They're all playing in one city, so they're not traveling to other places around the country because of the hmm. coronavirus. And I sure. think it's just a missed opportunity to change the name from the NBA Finals to the NBA Bubble the Bubble Bubble the Bubble Bowl. Why didn't they do that? That's so great. Well, maybe maybe the uh, Super Bowl can be that if the NFL decides to play in the bubble, oh, that's which, true. They, which they won't. And then they can properly play the full thing at their halftime show on like what they did two years ago or whatever. Yeah. Which was kind of stupid. But. All right, Holden. What are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I'm transitioning out of the oh gold my God. open. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Thaw-bobble-ball. <laughs> We've got a great episode for you this week, featuring our reviews of The Velocipaster and The Last of Us Part 2. One of them is a masterpiece. The other is The Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> How many times have you done that joke? <laughs> Not enough, Holden. Let's do this podcast. That one movie podcast. <laughs> Tom. First, Jimmy, we've got to do some Toms. Which Toms? Oh, wait, the Toms we do every time. That was a dumb question. Tom's is the rapid fire game where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw is the highest, Bombadil is the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. Yeah. Let's do it, Holden. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little tired today. Exciting. A little tired today, Holden. I haven't had very good sleep the last couple of nights. So it's that's literally what I might, three that's o'clock a- in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I need a five hour energy, Holden. Never okay. had one. Probably tastes bad. <laughs> anyway, so you thought film delays were getting crazy before, Jimmy. They're uh, even crazier this week. What? Insane. <laughs> This is like before it was like Wonder Woman uh, is coming out in 2084 now. Yeah. <laughs> to match it up. Yeah, incredible. No, it's uh it was a big week. And part of that is because um Comic-Con kind of had their online thing and whatnot, but a lot of movie studios have announced delays and I have a list of them here that I'm sure I missed some of them, but we're going to go through them. I just imagine anyway. that I just imagine like people at actual Comic Con. They're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, Wonder Woman is coming out in three years," and everybody's like, Woo! <laughs> "Wait a second, that's not good news." <laughs> uh, okay, Jimmy. So besides New Mutants, because we'll get to New Mutants, but besides New Mutants, what is the number one thing you think of when it comes to film delays? 
Well, I think of the movie Uncharted. Is that okay. Right? That's was not that what I was going answer? for. Actually, there could be numerous things. This wasn't a very good lead. What was the other <laughs> one we always talk about? We talk about Tenet, but there's another one. Uncharted. No. <laughs> Avatar 2. <laughs> oh, Avatar. <laughs> a movie. I love. I remember when the first one came out in, what was it, 2008, 2009? 2009. 2009. I remember they're like, this movie is 10 years in the making. We're like, Wow. They'll never make a movie like this ever again where they spend just 10 years making one movie. And here we are 11 years later (laughs) as they're working on this movie that literally no one cares about. Well, I remember early in the pandemic we were talking about James Cameron came out and was so sure. He's like, oh, you know, this pandemic, it's not going to push back our movie anymore. It's it's going to be coming out in 2021. Well, guess what? Avatar 2 is now coming out December 2022. (laughs) When was this movie supposed to come out originally? Like 2015 maybe. I feel like it was that was like the original projected release before it kept getting pushed back. It's get, been getting pushed back for years. <laughs> I don't well, know. At least we're getting like all of them at once. No, they they're staggered with Star Wars movies, right? Yeah, I think so because um well originally what they were doing is they were going to do one one year they were going to do like two and three in consecutive years and then wait a couple years and do four and five. But I think they're doing them every other year now. Um, what I have down is uh, sequels will be releasing every two years until 2028. So <laughs> every couple of years we'll be getting a new Avatar movie. Thank God. Yeah. Um, what like What is even the sequel about? I don't remember the first one like being open for a sequel even. There's underwater stuff. That's all I know. Underwater. The main character. The main character meets his dad. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) That sounds like a sequel thing. Guy in wheelchair meets his dad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I want to see Avatar two. I'm going to give this a broca because I really could care less about this. I want to see Avatar two because James Cameron hasn't really had a bad movie. I don't think. And while I don't care about Avatar one that much, I did enjoy like the theatrical experience was what made it. So if this one has a similar experience, I could be into it. I'll give it a Bergeron. You know that's true. Jim Jim Cameron does deserve the benefit of the doubt, but still Mm -hmm. like literally make anything other than this movie i do not (laughs) care he kept saying all those they're just glorified smurfs holden he kept attaching his name to all those terminator sequels and saying it was like the best thing ever i remember when terminator genesis came out he's like this is the best terminator movie since ever well i haven't seen that was my james cameron person it's bad anyway uh yeah so next bit Jackass 4 has been delayed uh, about a few months to September 3rd, 2021. How do you feel about that? I haven't seen any of them. I love Jackass. They're very funny. I'll is that what you, like? Is that you like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Self-deprecating humor. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a, a Bombadil. Yeah, I'll give that a Bombadil. You know, I'd rather see that movie than <laughs> Avatar 2. <laughs> so... Watch watch Avatar two be pretty good actually. I mean it's probably going to be pretty good, right? Yeah, but I visually still it'll don't be care. very good. Um, Mulan has been officially delayed indefinitely. Gives me so, more wow. time to watch the original, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, I've I've said before that I'm kind of excited for this movie. I think it looks kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I guess who knows when we're getting that. They're probably just waiting to like put down the first weekend that all the theaters are open. Like Disney's going to slam it down there and be like, hey, Mulan's coming out. Yeah. And Holden, we've been to China. So when we watch that movie, we can be like, <laughs> we've been there. We've been there. We know. We are so cultured. We're so, we're so familiar with Chinese culture. You know what? Going to China is what awakened us to make the podcast. That is actually true, but <laughs> in the context is really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I'll give it a bombadil, I guess. Most of these are bombadils because I don't like movies getting pushed back. I'll give it um, a I'll give it a Bergeron because okay. I mean, I, I want to see this movie, but I don't know. Sure. Uh, next bit. Uh, a Quiet Place 2 is coming out April 23rd, 2021. A whole over a year after its original yeah. release date. This was supposed to come out in Mar- well, end early March. April. End of March. End of okay. March. Yeah. Wow. I still think they should have called it A Quieter Place. I still. Yeah, that's good. Or a very. A place that's, that isn't loud. <laughs> that's beside the point, Jimmy. You can't put that into your verdict here. <laughs> I, you, you know, think Holden, about- you can't tell me how to live my life. Well, you can, what? but I'm not going to listen regardless. What do, you th- what do you think of it getting delayed again? It was supposed to be coming out in September. That was when it had gotten pushed back to. I'm bummed because this is a movie I want to see. Yep. It's got Killian Murphy in it. I think that's how you say his name. I think so. So, um, Sicilian Murphy. <laughs> um, so Celine Dion Murphy. So <laughs> I, I, uh, I'll give this a bombadil Holden. Yep. Me too. Uh, next bit. The, ne- uh, I should have said this alongside Avatar too, but, uh, the new Star Wars trilogy have all been also pushed back a whole year, which I mean, I think is to go alongside what you were saying with staggering releases of that in Avatar. But now the new trilogy will be coming out in 2023, 2025, and 2027. And this is where you say, what trilogy? What? Yeah. What, what are you, what is this? Who's Which out of it? like the five trilogies that they've announced is it going to be? Is this the first one that's coming out? I guess. Wow, that's a long gap. I'm okay with that. What are they, are they just doing shows? Are they doing any other movies in between? I don't I think mean, so. Wow. I think it just shows. Wow. Good for Disney. Take a four-year <laughs> gap. It needs it. Well, good for Disney. They're only doing it because they uh, they botched some stuff in there. Yeah. You know what okay, the, Disney true. just needs to do is just make Obi-Wan the show, the Kenobi show. Just do yeah. that. And the Mandalorian. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess the Bad Batch apparently looks pretty good. But, like, don't try to do, like, eight million trilogies at once, man. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I'll give that a Bergeron because I don't care. Actually, no, I'll give it a Brokaw because longer gap. Good job. Um, I'll give what it about a, you? I'll give it a Bergeron since they don't even they don't know what they're making anyway. It's the Ryan Johnson trilogy. We'll see. Hopefully. Um, next up, Tenet. I about said Tenet. <laughs> I'm reading it. Tenet has been delayed indefinitely. Except it hasn't anymore. Except it hasn't. Yeah, it's right last week's we... news, Holden. Well, no, it was... Or was it last week? 
I don't know. Well, I guess we did skip a week, so it doesn't matter. But anyway, um, it had been delayed indefinitely, but I checked right before we started the podcast, and it has been officially said that it's going to be released September 4th in select cities. So you know what that means. We're not going to get to see it. (laughs) (laughs) That's so... I do not like that. I don't either. I... I mean, it was bad enough when they were talking about, like, releasing it in foreign theaters early, but, like, just releasing it so only certain people in the U.S. can see it is kind of And, like, how does that work? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Where in the U.S. is it particularly safer to go to a movie theater right now? (laughs) I I don't know. I I think that seems pretty dumb. Yeah, I do, too. I'm going to give it a Bombadil Holden. I'll give it a bombadil as well. I also don't think they should release it online. I, I know that was like no. a big movement this last week. I don't want that to happen. I do not want to watch it on my HD TV. I mean, maybe after I see it in theaters, but I don't want to watch that on the t- channel HGTV. Yep, that's that my stance. Um, next one. I know this is a big. You're, you're gonna hate this. Top Gun Maverick has been delayed to July 2021. Oh, man. I'll give it a bro <laughs> Have you seen the first one yet? Nope. Oh, man. It's something. I'll probably watch it before this comes out, but now I have an extra six months to do that. The only thing I think that would redeem this movie for me is the, the practical stunts. Yeah, that'd but be cool. Just, we still don't have a trailer for it, though, so we'll see. We have a trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Wait, do we? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Came out a long time ago, Holden. <laughs> oh my we had God. A, and we had a featurette, so I don't know um, where you have been. Just not paying attention to my Top Gun Maverick news, yeah, apparently. You haven't. So what's next? Probably Holden? even talked about it on the podcast. I have, who knows? <laughs> uh, anyway, next bit. Uh, the next Spider-Man movie has been delayed only a month to December 2021. They're pretty confident, and Tom Holland, like, Marvel seems pretty confident that they'll be able to have that filmed and done by January of this next year. And that's, I mean, accounting for Tom Holland being in Uncharted and everything. So, that's a busy few months for Tom Holland. Yeah, I can't wait for Spider-Man to stay at home because of COVID. <laughs> <laughs> the third <Nope>. one. <laughs> they that should do Spider-Man good. two and a half, and that's what it is. <laughs> That'd be good. Just make like a short film or something. That'd be funny. And he just um, like, I don't know, he's actually breaking stuff in his room. Classic Spider-Man thing to do. <laughs> uh, I'll give it a bro- Bergeron, I guess. I don't know. A broken I don't know Bergeron. how to rate some of these. I'll give it a Bergeron um, to Holden. Next one. Conjuring 3 has been delayed to next summer. It was supposed to be coming out in September, but we had talked about it before. We hadn't we didn't have any trailer or anything yet, so it was all but inevitable. Now it's coming out. I think I think they just said summer. I don't think they have a specific month, but do you remember who's directing this one? No. I don't It's not James Wan, I'm pretty sure. No, it's not James Wan. Is it the Curse of La Llorona person? Maybe. I think James Wan is uh, writing it, though. I could be hmm. wrong. Well, we'll see. I'll give it a Burge run. I really like Conjuring 1 and 2. So. Yeah. Yep. That's I'll give I... it a Burge run as well. Yeah. It does have a really stupid name, though. The Devil Made Me Do It. Remember that? Oh, yeah. 
If you already had Conjuring 2 and it didn't have a subtitle, why do you need a subtitle for Just the third one? Just make it three. Yeah. What are you, John Wick? <laughs> <laughs> Except that still has three. No, yeah. but oh, doesn't Conjuring have Conjuring 3? No, it's just the conjuring the devil made me do it. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next bit, and this is the most surprising. New Mutants is not delayed. <laughs> <laughs> it's August 24th, 28th? Yeah, something like that. One of the last couple of weeks. I don't have the exact They're just going to release that sucker to empty theaters by this by this point. Yeah, they just don't care. There was like a strong rumor um, earlier in the week that I think has gotten pretty much disproved, but it was going around that they were going to release it on Disney Plus at the beginning of September. And I mean, I know that's like a thing people talk about a lot, but um, I think there was some pretty good, there was a TV spot that was altered pretty professionally to make it look like that. So that's the way I understand it at least. But still coming to theaters as far as I understand. So As far as I understand that they just like the contract that they legally cannot put it on a streaming service. Yeah. So. Yeah. You guys I see doubt that they sucker go through on the big screen. I, they don't want to go through all the legal loopholes to get that fixed. <laughs> they don't want to spend <laughs> the money on this movie. <laughs> so. No. Yeah. It's coming. So I'll give that a. Brokaw, because yeah. we'll finally get to see it. Brokaw. What if New Mutants is the movie that brings everybody back? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> wow. I can't believe it took us 18 minutes to get through all those delays. Incredible. Well, we'll breeze through these next bits. Um. Anyway, uh, Bill and Ted 3 had a new trailer this week. I watched it, but I didn't make you watch it. Um. But it is in that trailer, it was announced that it is going to be releasing in select theaters, but on video on demand simultaneously on September 1st. So we'll have that movie we can watch. You need to watch the first two first, though, Jimmy. <laughs> There's two of them? Yeah. Well, got it. Got some catching up to do. Yep. I want to rewatch them though too, so maybe we can do that once I come back to school. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I'm excited for this movie. I think it was on my top ten anticipated of the year, and being one of the only of my top ten that's still coming out this year, <laughs> I'm pretty excited. And we're not gonna so. have to do a lot of worrying about the top ten anticipated movies of next year. That's it's gonna, gonna be like the same. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is our top uh, ten movies of the year list gonna look like this year? Like, I, right, I okay, so I did some counting. Is Detective Pikachu? <laughs> I've was seen that this year. No, it was last year. Last year, Sonic was this year. I've seen okay, so I've seen eleven movies that have come out this year, and I think you've only seen ten because I watched Bad Education on HBO, which I Unless have HBO seen, now, and you should watch it. Then I could. Um. But I, the only one of those 10 that's not making the top 10, I decided, is Scoob. <laughs> Scoob's. <laughs> that's Every other 11. movie I've seen this year has made the top 10 so far. <laughs> wow. Well, there's your honorable mention. There we go. Anyway, uh, next up, speaking of Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 has a new, uh, has an, an uh, release date of April 2022. They're fast tracking this bad boy because it's one of the only movies that made money this year. <laughs> and I think it's only been bolstered probably by uh, at home sales because I mean, it's one of the few movies that's been new. It's was relatively anticipated and you could buy it rented at home. So I'm sure it's been doing pretty well digitally as well. And they're cashing um, in that Zillow product placement. 
They sure are. And Olive Garden. <laughs> and Olive Garden. When we're here, we're family. Yep. Uh, so what do you think of that, Jimmy? Boy, um, well, I guess I'm looking forward to Jim Carrey being crazy Jim Carrey again, but I don't know. I didn't love Sonic. I was just more surprised that it wasn't terrible than anything. That's where I think that's where both of us are. <laughs> I'm kind of I mean, I'm interested because I think they'll maybe lean in more to the weird Sonic stuff in this next one. If any, the end of the movie was any indication. So that'd be cool. But yeah. I'll give it a Brokaw. OK, I'll give it a Bergeron. Okay. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7, Jimmy, the new Aaron Sorkin film, which is about That's something right. that I don't understand. It's officially being released on Netflix. I think we had talked about speculation of that, but it's being released on Netflix in October. Ooh, there we go. October 16th, 2020. Nice. So we'll be getting that movie. I don't really know what it's about. I should have written it down, uh, <laughs> but... It's an Aaron Sorkin movie, so that's Sounds something like to be excited. Seven people are on trial in Chicago. Yep. And it's got a pretty star-studded cast from what I remember, so yeah, cool. I'll give that a broca. Yeah, good on Aaron Porkins. <laughs> <laughs> now if that David Fincher movie comes out in October like we had mentioned previously, October will be good. Excited. Yeah. Um, Uncharted. Production has finally resumed, Jimmy. Yes. Finally. It's the movie, happening. The movie that kicked off the production delays. Yep. It's finally resuming production. Uh, it may actually make its current release date if it goes on track currently. We'll see. It's not been known to stay on track before. Now, what do you think? Uh, Broca, if it's good. Yeah. <laughs> Broca as well. <laughs> um. So this is, I mean, I think this is, this is a little bit of speculation, but it's based off of what uh, someone did say. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who you may know from Doctor Sleep or Mission Impossible, um, she's going to be in the new Dune movie. And she said, I think on social media recently, that reshoots for Dune are going to be starting soon. Um, and while that's noteworthy in and of itself, I think that's uh, indicative that Dune's going to get delayed. Yeah, I was going to say, there's no way... <laughs> No way that Dune's they're, coming out this year. They're doing reshoots, and it still has a December release date. Yeah. Yeah, and they're pushing back all these movies. Is that Warner Bros. 2? I'm not sure. Okay, because I wasn't sure if that was Tenet, if it was the same. I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of who it would... I'm, I can't remember who Denis Villeneuve usually works for, but I don't um, know. Anyway... Um, so yeah, I, I think we, we, long time coming, we, we suspected it, but it's still sad. I'm going to give it a bombadil. Well, hopefully we get it dooner than later. Am I right? Oh, it is Warner Bros. Yeah, I get it, Jimmy. (laughs) (laughs) They're just gonna, yeah, I feel like they're just going to push Tenet back to its spot. I don't know. Let's fingers crossed, Holden. Well, ten. Um, I hope Tenet comes out before that, December. I mean, I hope so too, but we'll see. It's coming out September uh, 9th in Select Cities, Holden. September fourth. September fourth in Select Cities. <laughs> um, that's pretty much it on news for me. There's a couple other things, but we've we've gone on long enough. They were kind of minor, so. Holden, we got a 
I know you said you weren't too familiar with him, which I thought was surprising. But Regis Philbin, icon of oh, television, yeah, yeah, yeah. died at the age of 88 years old. Um, very famously had his own or a morning show with a few different co-hosts, I think, through the years. And then he also hosted Who Wants Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you know, back in the early 2000s. And that was a phenomenon for a little bit. Wasn't nearly as good as when he left, in my opinion. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Regis seemed like a very um, likable TV personality. Um, I, I mean, I watched him on Millionaire. I liked him the best of anybody who hosted that show. And so I'm going to give him a Brokon life passing away at the age of 88. He definitely yeah. was a household name. And so that's my final answer. You get it? Nice. <laughs> um, and then the other one uh, the who also passed away yeah. is uh, uh, Grant Imahara, mm-hmm. uh, who many of you may know as one of the former hosts of Mythbusters. He was part of the trio of, of younger people that did it. Yep. I don't Grant, remember their name. Grant, Tory, and Jamie. Grant, Tory, and no, Jamie. No, no, no. Grant, Tory. Was it Jamie? I think so. Well, I don't know. There's Jamie it's been a Heinemann, while. Grant, Tory, and I don't know. Lord? No, I can't remember. I don't know. He, I, but anyway, he passed away um, uh, pretty tragically of a brain aneurysm, mm-hmm. I think it was. Um, 49 which years is old. unfortunate yeah. what 49 years old only yeah so he was young um, but I mean I always loved Mythbusters and he was great I loved both teams I did too I really liked Grant um, some of you may know he also worked on the three Star Wars prequels oh yeah, yeah and right. um, I think he got he got kind of recognized from winning like a robotics competition when he was young or something Nice. So he had a really cool career and a uh, cool life and seems like a, a good guy. So yeah, um, very tragic that this happened. Uh, he was definitely part of my childhood watching him on Mythbusters because I too loved Mythbusters. Um, and I, it, I, it was definitely a show. favorite. It, it was a favorite of uh, teachers to push in that old rickety TV and put in a nice VHS copy of Mythbusters. <laughs> You know, I only actually watched it once in school. Really? Yeah. I I watched most of it just on my own time at home on Discovery oh, okay. Channel. Yeah. So I'm a I, nerd Holden. I did. I mean, I watched it at home when I was younger, too. But I, I remember watching a lot of it in school. All right. So anything else, Holden? Or are we going on to our review? We're going, we're going on to our review. Of the listener request. Velocipaster available on Amazon Prime. Yes. As usual, Holden, we can start off with non spoilers or <laughs> without spoilers here. I think both this and The Last of Us are, t- are hard to talk about non spoiler for very different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh um so the velocipaster um kind of a premise uh the title yep. <laughs> that's pretty much what you get it's pretty much what you expect priest uh, by yeah. day crime fighting velociraptor by night yes 
Um, it's a movie that is. It's certainly something. It's it's you if you see like the like the title you, you see the title or you see like the like icon on uh, Amazon you'd almost guess and this is what I went into thinking thinking it was something more akin to like Sharknado or that there's a movie called Shark Exorcist <laughs> things like that I I mean I was fully expecting something like that and I think it 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 disguises itself uh re- whether on purpose or not like that pretty well but the movie is actually more akin to like kung fury yeah if you ever watched kung fury that's a good um, comparison i didn't think of that yeah um the movie it's yeah i mean the premise we pretty much described it's less than 80 minutes long it's very short um and it's it's just very low budget very silly and I quite loved it. <laughs> I really enjoyed this movie, Holden. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing constantly throughout. In fact, Holden, I think if we ever made a movie together, it would be either be like a like a kind of more serious drama, or it would be this. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, like <laughs> I was thinking of while making this, just how fun this seemed. It's it, like you can tell everyone in this movie is having such a good time, and they just. I mean, they care to make, like, a fun product, but it's definitely, like, they don't care to make it great. They're just have making a movie and making it fun. It's so... I think it's funny because it's so competently, incompetent, incompetently made. Like, yeah. they knew what they were doing, and that's why making it so bad was effective. Yeah. So they knew exactly what they were making fun of <laughs> and poking fun at. It's so self-aware and it toes that line where it's just like just the right amount of stupid and bad Mm -hmm. that it's not overly distracting most of the time. Maybe a couple times I thought some stuff maybe didn't land, but the vast majority of the time, I think the humor landed for me in this. And I was surprised because I was too, because some of that dumb humor, I think, can just be like overdone and just really Mm -hmm. on the nose where a lot of this stuff was more, like, nuanced. <laughs> like, for, <laughs> for instance, there's just, like, constant zooming in and out I for love dramatic that. effect, and it's <laughs> hilarious. Every time it zooms in on the pastor's face, I was, like, dying. <laughs> there's one point where he's in, like, a bedroom, and he's, talk- he's talking to this other, this female character, and it like keeps it keeps cutting in between shots of them and every time it cuts to him it's slow zooming on his face um, it's like the funniest thing ever yeah um, there's like i one, bit, one of my favorite bits is like well and our spoiler review is gonna be i i imagine mainly us just talking about some of our favorite moments of the movie but one yeah. i i need to mention i think just as like as a point for like how they knew what they're doing so they were able to make fun of it like towards the beginning of the movie he, there's like a, a scene where he's driving in the car mm-hmm. and it's like during the day and they use like rear projection which is like an old school hollywood technique which still mm-hmm. is used in in some t- films today and can be quite effective but like it's like in the middle of the day but it's like super noir where there's like it's it's really dark <laughs> inside his car and like there's just like a light going across his face and like you it's like you can tell they like 
pretended to like film the interior like it was a night scene while it's just a day scene being <laughs> rear projected so like you can see like the street lights going across the hood and casting shadows but it's just him driving in the middle <laughs> of the day so yeah I, like, I loved those types of touches yeah like so as funny like the movie has a very funny script and characters and stuff but like i i was surprised just how much of the humor came from the filmmaking itself like we mentioned camera mo- i think camera movement is one of the most is one of the funniest things in general like the zooms we mentioned but yeah you have like weird nuanced things like that that also make it silly and it's not even stuff like you don't have to know filmmaking to see it like, I mean, there's definitely stuff that if you, like, were familiar with making short films, I'm sure you could understand more. But, I mean, I I, I don't particularly make a lot of films or anything, and I caught a lot of it. So, Yeah, and that's not to say that the script isn't equally excellent. There are yeah, some it is. great <laughs> lines in there that I, I wrote down a bunch of them that we can talk about in the spoiler review. Um, but... <laughs> and another thing I thought was like funny is that the chemistry between like two of the main characters is actually like pretty good. Yeah, which it I is. think is funny, and it shows I, like th- that they are like quality filmmakers, and they were knew what they knew what they were doing. I think in general, like the lead performance is pretty good. He's yeah. pretty dedicated to like just being very outlandish and silly, and he's like. I mean, you you have the contrasting personalities of a bloodthirsty velociraptor and like a like a pious priest, yeah. <laughs> like, and he's very good at playing both of those. Um, it was it was very good. Um, I I thought the costumes were hilarious. In yes. ge- I mean, we'll and we'll get to some of them in spoilers, but like, there's even like some of the human costumes like are just they're very cheap but you like they're cheap on purpose and like <laughs> there's a flashback scene i won't get into why yeah. it's like it's in it but there's a flashback scene to, with the military and like the military outfits are just like costumes you could buy at a halloween one store. guy's literally wearing jeans <laughs> and like a camo shirt or sleeveless vest yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I don't like the main character. The main actor looked like a cross between Benedict Cumberbatch and Chris Pine to me. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if you, if he you, reminded. I'm not sure if it's either of those people that he reminded me of, but he. Oh no, Zachary Quinto is who he reminded okay, me of. Okay, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, that's who I kept. All thinking. three of them in Star Trek Into Darkness. Oh, ooh, <laughs> coincidence? Absolutely. <laughs> Um, oh, the rear projection thing when he's driving that's during the title sequence, so yeah, yeah, the um, great action sequences, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm trying to. Else? I the movie is, is, I think if it was much longer, it could have gotten annoying, yeah. Like, I think it's, I think it's paced really well, and they really like, I mean, as I said, it's under 80 minutes, so it's hardly even like a feature length movie. Um, but I think they just they cut out any fat, they did made it the most entertaining product. I loved, I, I thought the, the villains' motivations were pretty funny too. Which we, can, <laughs> which we can get into in spoilers but, uh, yeah just i think if you like sharknado at all like if you found any pleasure in that 
this is like a much better version. Oh yeah, that, in my opinion. Yeah, Sharknado is like it. It knows it's stupid, but it also it takes itself a little seriously. And I think maybe later ones aren't that way. But I also don't think the later ones are supposed to be that entertaining. I think. Well, okay. Honestly, I think it it's all due to like the talent writing the script and like the filmmaking. Because I I mean. I don't want to say anything about the Sharknado people. To I, I don't know how they compare exactly, but I think they knew what they were doing in this movie a lot more than Sharknado. All right. It just found the right balance for me between like yeah. just knowing that it's super stupid, so trying not taking itself seriously at all, mm-hmm. but still being well-made. And that I think that's a line that a lot of these kind of intentionally bad movies can not do and it's way easier said than done but i think yeah. they did it very well in this so i They're highly making a sequel to velocipaster yeah i was gonna say it's it's open for a sequel i'm like where's the where i was looking for it online the uh the director said or the director said he was or completed a draft during the pandemic so uh, i'm looking forward to it yeah um, and also there's just a charm to it that this movie could have been made by literally anybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like they could have spent like $10,000 to make this movie yeah you know what I'm saying it, like they could have made this movie everything that. looks like it's filmed in like a back lot or like a park <laughs> or just somebody's you know yard yeah, yeah. There's like a whole part at the beginning where it says they're in China, but it just looks like a random forest. It's just like, the woods. Yeah. <laughs> it just says China. It doesn't look anything like China. It's just yeah. literally the woods, <laughs> which is hilarious. It was funny. And and then the main character goes, China. <laughs> he just like says it after there's this huge like, like yellow text that takes up much of the screen but i don't know if like i don't know how to like rate are we gonna score this movie out of 10 like i don't know how to even do that. i think we I, should i mean we scored like yacht rock did we i th- didn't we i don't think we did oh let's score it i'll give it a 9 out of 10 i had a great time yeah i'll give it that too for what it is like i mean it's not trying to be great cinema or anything no it's literally just wants to be stupid yeah like for me it's like it is a great version of what it's trying to be and to me that's where my score comes from yep um so yeah i highly recommend (laughs) this as a movie if you want to just it's a great movie to watch with a bunch of friends definitely so yeah that's cool yeah if you have amazon prime definitely worth the watch check it out all right holden let's get into some spoilers Awesome. Spoilers for the Velocipaster. Um, <laughs> great film. Um you wanted to talk about uh the the brother. Do you want to talk about the br- the brother? Is that who you're wanting to talk about? Oh, like that twist? Yeah. That was a funny twist. That was very funny. And I I, I liked the flashbacks. It calls back to the flashbacks he had earlier. You're my only son. And he's just <laughs> sitting in the backseat with his head down. 
<laughs> Which those flashbacks were pretty funny on their own anyway, just because it's so silly. But yeah. then like you have that added layer that's added later. And I don't know how they made the like the whole cliche evil laugh thing that's always parodied. I don't know how they made that funny again. Yeah, but they did. Like that guy's evil laugh was. I <laughs> oh, <laughs> like you can't. Re- re- it was funny. I mean, that joke has been made a million times, but they somehow made it funny again. And that's funny because usually it's pretty cringy when people try to do it. Uh-huh. But like, I didn't even like. I thought it was funny, and I didn't even think about how it was a cliche when I was watching it. <laughs> and they and it's funny. Like they pull that joke out a couple times, and it's still mm-hmm. funny throughout. But yeah. what a yeah, great twist there. Completely <laughs> unnecessary to the plot. <laughs> the plot. We got it. <laughs> the uh, plot. So I love this. How it's um, the villain is like a like a Chinese monk, but he's a Christian, <laughs> and his plot is to he owns this drug trade, or he's the head of this drug trade in america or whatever and he wants to get everybody addicted to drugs so they have to turn to the or they have to oh they feel bad what was it they feel bad so they go to um like volunteer at like non-profit organizations which are mainly led by the church or something (laughs) and then that's how they reel them in it was i think something like that something like which hilarious um uh i didn't i mean as someone who goes to church weekly i didn't find that very offensive i don't know if some people will there's definitely a couple of jabs at christianity in there but i don't yeah i don't think it's like i don't see christians lining up boycotting this movie well (laughs) i don't think it's for everybody but if you if you have if you don't uh aren't easily offended i don't think you will be by this yeah. movie um but i i thought that was such an ingenious <laughs> ingeniously <laughs> stupid <laughs> it was very good yes. motivation because it's absurd what, what was the line i have it in here but i don't have the context what was the line where he said something like you could have five kids and then it hard cuts and he says 11 kids <laughs> you remember that no i don't okay i oh I think yeah he's- oh that when the what's his name the hit the war so the, we have the character we haven't talked about is like the priest mentor figure with the yeah. mustache and the glasses so during his vietnam flashback he's got that one guy who's like they're you know going back to defy defy bloods he's like the storm and norman of yeah. the group and he's like, you could have, I'm just waiting for him to get shot while he's just yeah. saying this too. It's like, you have five kids, 11 kids. You can yeah. name one of them, like, whatever No, his it, name it, was. It was so funny because he says 11 kids and it was like immediately after an edit. So it just seemed like they didn't edit one of the lines out. <laughs> it was very silly. Um, and I... That flashback in general was one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, one guy's just wearing jeans. <laughs> and the then, Storm and the Storm and Norman guy is still puffing out smoke as he's dead. <laughs> like he's laying on the ground and he's still puffing out smoke. And then uh Father Stewart, who's the guy yeah, who's Father having the Stewart. flashback. His like his girlfriend or whoever is inexplicably out there. <laughs> and she just turns into spaghetti sauce. 
<laughs> stepping on a trip mine. And I love the, I love after uh, the death, the soldiers next to him, because he's like just standing there and they're like, I don't think we can do anything for her. She's too far gone. And she's just like <laughs> spaghetti sauce on him. <laughs> and then and then they all they also say what do you think she was doing in the forest and the other person goes i don't know maybe she was trying to start a family <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. So, that's right it's so dumb oh man uh and i like that there's that flashback and then father stewart immediately dies like after <laughs> Like you have that character development, and then he just dies. Well, no, is because that is that right before the exorcism? I think yeah, it's right before that because then he gets his dr- eye taken out. Well, and yeah, he, and he, then he goes to China. Yeah, you <laughs> think he, he dies? You, you think he maybe dies in the exorcism, and then he has like a few more lines. He's not in it much more. He dies pretty quickly, but it's just funny. Um. Yeah, I don't. The exorcism scene was fine. I kind of saw the "I'm hung, I feel hungry" line. I saw that kind of coming. I think they mm-hmm. played that out maybe a little too long. Um, and also that exorcist guy was just kind of weird. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say here? Some some other just lines when uh, Frankie Mermaid. <laughs> oh yeah, is confessing. He's like, I stole candy from a baby. Then I threw the baby in the river so it couldn't snitch, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're like, <laughs> one of the great <laughs> lines in the beginning is, Dragon Warrior, how Eastern. <laughs> Just That's some right. of these. Um, I love how he cuts his hand, too. He, like, runs into the branch, and then his hand is cut open somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, ah. <"Ugh." laughs> Oh, and we got to talk about all the the fake heads that are just like the styrofoam heads or whatever. The oh yeah, heads. yeah, yeah! Great, very good. multiple times. I love that. And of course, we have to talk about the Velociraptor costume, which is incredible. I so I <laughs> I wrote or I wrote down here that I was fully expecting it to be one of those inflatable T-Rex costumes mm-hmm. that you see on like the internet and stuff. I was fully expecting it and I'm glad I was not too far off. <laughs> and I'm glad it wasn't exactly that, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have been that would yeah, that would have been dumb, but the costume they have is great. It's so funny. <laughs> um and then they tell him like he's turning into the dragon warrior or dinosaur he's like i don't believe you dinosaurs never existed (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's one scene where he just runs into a tree branch but it's just like it's kind of very fast and you might not even like really catch it (laughs) it's funny um i love it when um his friend the prostitute who ends up being the love interest what's her name i don't remember forget her name ah it's like laura or something something like that um she's like i don't know much about god and he goes i don't know much about dinosaurs oh yeah that's one of the <laughs> best lines i wrote that one down too montage. i like the line uh towards the end what does drug smuggling have to do with christianity <laughs> i thought that was funny too <laughs> and that's when he explains the plot and i love the the, the first uh guy that 
is um, the victim of the Velocipaster. He goes up to the, um, the prostitute lady and he's like, <laughs> your money or your life. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's so uh, cheesy, but outlandish. Yeah. The what a, um, What a great movie. Yeah, the the sex scene that goes on way too long. Yeah. <laughs> it is so weird. <laughs> it's so nonsensical. And it's like all the different colors and like the different letterboxing like yeah. montage, square, rectangle, frames within frames. Very artistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like making fun of like art artsy films. It definitely was. Like it, it <laughs> It was great though. I I enjoyed that. Um yeah, I think that's that's about all I got here. Yeah, I liked highlight recapping. I I liked during the fight scenes just like the lack of continuity, like <laughs> especially when they're like they're, they're fighting the ninjas in the bedroom. Like there's certain shots where the ninjas just aren't on the ground anymore. <laughs> like after they fight. And the, yeah, and then when he's like in China, He's like fighting and there's like he ends up like on the ground and then the, mm-hmm. in the next shot he's like standing up fighting more people. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, I, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. I love how like yeah there's like and then a couple of characters like die just because they don't move at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, I like. Yeah. I, I like the Australian ninja. <laughs> there's just a ninja that's or inexplicably I, Australian and the guy's like I've prepared for this day or, or like he's talking about his love and he's like we'll never be married or whatever I was kind of hoping that we'd get another flashback there and then he'd just die <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny um, anyway yeah I think that's about it for me too Yeah, great movie solid film if you've seen it I hope you've enjoyed reminiscing with us um, so Let's move on to something a little bit more somber, weighty, and like way, polar opposites. way longer. <laughs> <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2. Oh, The Last of Us Part 2, Jimmy. Yep. It's finally here. We've uh we've talked about it for years. Now it's here. Yeah. Oh, it's been here for a while. <laughs> yeah, but I just finished it. <laughs> we're fine we're jumping on this this gravy train when it's almost empty. It's definitely empty. Yeah. This'll be our non spoiler um, review. Um and then we will get into spoilers later if you have somehow avoided for spoilers for this game. Mm-hmm. Which, good on you, if you have to this point. We'll so. try our best to... Go, well, I mean, Jamie can just edit anything out, never mind. <laughs> but <laughs> No, we'll try our best, because I don't want to have to work too hard. We will. Um, Yeah, so The Last of Us Part 2, obviously the sequel to 2013's uh, The Last of Us, developed by Naughty Dog. Um, First game, beloved by many, beloved by most who play it. Uh, beloved by both of us. We both quite like it. Considered um, among the greatest video games ever. Yep. Um, it's very good. It's one of my favorite games ever. It kind of goes back and forth between that and Uncharted 4 for me, depending on kind of which one I've played more recently and what mood I'm in. Yeah. 
Um, um, but so this this is like the most hyped I've ever been for a video game. Uh, some other times I suppose would have been Spider Man on PS4. I mean that was mm-hmm. literally the reason I bought a PlayStation. Um, and then also Arkham Knight, and uh, probably Battlefront when they rebooted it, but that one didn't really pan out. That one so. didn't pay off. <laughs> so trying to think there might've been some other games I was really excited for, but those would be the main, main ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was excited for this game, but I was fully willing to wait until Christmas. So <laughs> we almost didn't uh, get to review this now. Um, but my most hyped game ever was half-life Alex and, that lived up to the hype, but yeah, did this live up to the hype? You didn't have to wait very long, Holden. Well, but I had to wait a long time for a but Half-Life yeah, game. Yeah, but not after they announced it. Okay, yeah. But yeah. I was still waiting for a Half-Life game. Well, I'm just a Half-Life game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Holden, what it, what are our thoughts on this game here? You want to go first? You want me to go first? Um, I'm... I mean, I'm mixed. I think a lot of people are mixed. I think it's a little better than just like me. Well, I mean, I wouldn't call it mediocre in general because I don't think it deserves that. But like if I were to give my rating right now, it'd probably be like a six and a half. Really? Six, six and a half. I feel like you said you liked it better after it sat with you. And I think there's certain parts I like a little bit more after it sat with me. But there's also parts that have become like glaring issues to me. Interesting. So I I would I mean in no way would I consider this a mediocre or bad game. I think it's good. It's and some of my criticisms are going to be ones that other people don't share obviously. Uh, but I think it's it's good. That's my <laughs> I want to play it again. I messaged I messaged Jimmy like immediately after I was done saying I wanted to play it again cuz I want to see if I like it more the second time, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't because you had a big problem with the gameplay, which I thought was surprising because I like to me that was like so solid. Like I didn't have any really critiques about it at all. Like I thought that that was like like a a flawless evolution of what I thought was pretty solid gameplay of the first game. Some people didn't like it as much, Mm -hmm. but I thought that was interesting. And you talked about the, the clickers specifically. Um I don't know. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add to that? Or did that yeah, evolve well, for you later into the game or anything? Well, I'll, I'll, just to reiterate what that criticism was, um, I when I was playing, I don't really have any problem with gameplay against the humans. I thought that was pretty great all around. Okay. And although I, I can get into it a little bit more when we go into story, I guess there's not gameplay related. There are some issues I have with those parts. But... Um, the the infected parts were the ones I had more of an issue with. I didn't I the clickers I felt um would just like spot me. I would be like not moving. I'd be like hiding behind a wall and just be sitting there. And if a clicker is like in the same room as me, it would just spot me. I was like, okay. Huh. <laughs> and you were playing and, on normal, right? Yeah, I was playing yeah. on normal. Which is what I was doing um, too. Which was annoying for me. Um, and then one of the, oh no, well I mean there's new enemies, but I'll talk about that in spoilers, I guess. Um, I have a little bit of a problem with one of them. Um, but 
yeah, I think I've lightened up on my gameplay critique a little bit. Um, cause besides that, I don't think I have, besides some of the infected parts, I don't think I have too many problems. I like a lot of the additions they added, um, quite a bit. I like the, the new range of stealth options. I like some of the new gadgets and such. Yeah, the silence the silencer good. is a oh, silencer's yeah. nice and the ability to craft arrows is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. I think from a technical standpoint, I think this game is like flawless. Like I didn't have mm-hmm. I don't know what your gameplay was like. I didn't have like a single glitch. Um, I don't think I did either. Frame rates were very solid, except for like a couple times there. I noticed some drop frames when I was like in water, um, which the water looked amazing in this game. It did. In my opinion. I think this is graphically the most impressive game I've played. um, Yeah. Playing on a PS4 Pro. It wasn't as big of a leap as I was thinking it was going to be. Because like if I compare it with Uncharted 4. It's not a huge leap over Uncharted 4. No. No. And I think I, well, I mean, this is, this is a little bit out of, uh, of an aside, but I think a lot of the, at least the E3 demos and stuff that I had seen kind of overpromise a little bit of what actually happens in the game. Admittedly, I haven't looked at those in a while, so maybe my mind really? is just like, I thought they were it. pretty representative of what the gameplay and the, um, the graphics looked like. I don't know. I maybe I just need to go back and watch them again because I haven't seen them in a while. But um, so like technically, I think very impressive. Yeah. Um, animations are insane. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to just think about things. Maybe just before I think the acting, the voice acting is very solid. I didn't cross the board. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't, there wasn't really anybody that stood out as like, that was a weird way of saying that line of dialogue and stuff like that. I thought everybody was very well cast in yeah. their roles. Um, the music wasn't as memorable. I would say yeah. in this one, I can't say I can remember a single piece. Like it, I, I think it was more atmospheric. Yeah. I was going to say it complements the atmosphere. doesn't get in the way. Um, it's not, distracting at all but it's not as moving and memorable as the first one for me there i think there are some amazing like very human moments in it um i think one one kind of part of the game in particular that i think may was maybe both of our favorite sections of the game yeah I think, um, so. I think it peaked then which is it's like a what a third of the way into the game or even earlier so mm-hmm. For me, that's kind of a bummer that it kind of peaked there. But um, some of the relationships I didn't and side characters I didn't buy into as much. I think Naughty Dog wanted me to. And I think that was a little bit of a problem for me with. I think, well, I I guess we'll see when we discuss those characters and spoilers. I there were there were certain relationships that worked really, really well. And I think we're pretty great um but i agree there were some that weren't so much i guess yeah so we'll have to see um and anything else before we just touch on story i think maybe my biggest gripe with this game is just the pacing i think this is pacing is yeah i think it's like uh, atrocious to be honest i think it's terrible 
I I don't know why they thought this was a good idea to pace the game like this. Um, it's incredibly frustrating, in my opinion. I see why I, they did certain things for story reasons and for how to like market a game like this. But I just think there are so many points where this game grinds to a halt and there are so many times where there's like hours of this game where hardly anything happens. Um, I Okay, so I didn't I'm, mind I, that so much. I don't mind, like, sorry to interrupt, I guess, but That's I don't fine. really mind slower paced things. Like a lot of people think Last of Us 1 is slow paced or like Uncharted 4 is a little slower than the other. I don't mind those slower moments. Like Red Dead 2... The some of the smaller things I don't mind it if it if I see it clearly like has a purpose moving forward. But I thought just some of the more some of the slower parts of this game I didn't think there was enough character development or plot progression mm-hmm. that warranted how long the segments were. It was it to me it felt like oh well we need an open world segment of the game because we've done that for the two games before this and people liked it so let's do that and it's a good thing and i like exploring and stuff but i didn't think there's a kind of a relationship between two characters there i'm like i don't think they developed that relationship as much as they could have through that and they did some but i just i uh a bit more there yeah i so i think I don't mind the whole like stop and start thing that the plot has because a lot of games do that. Um, and I think that's just kind of the reality of having a video game is you're going to have sections of gameplay and sections of story. And it's really, it's, it's probably harder, especially in games where like games like this where, well, I can't really talk about that without, without spoilers. Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't mind that, that, and, in terms of pacing, I didn't mind that too much. I just hated the fact that there were certain sections. You have like a section of gameplay, a section of story, a section of gameplay. Sometimes you'd have a consecutive section of gameplay and story that just like don't matter. Like there were certain sections of the story that just did not matter. And it really, and you, you mentioned there was like certain parts that didn't progress it at all. And it was just, it felt like, I don't know. It felt, like maybe the beginning of the game, the middle of the game, and the end of the game were really the only important parts of the game for me. Yeah. And there were little bits in there, like in between, mm-hmm. but I just, and most of it didn't matter. There's just between. so little momentum. Yeah. And I feel like the frustrating part for me is as soon as there was momentum, I was like, okay, finally, I'm on board. Those parts were great. When things picked mm-hmm. up and... I think a lot there were a lot of great naughty dog storytelling beats in this game but like just the slop of stuff in between those was just there was just more of it than a game like Uncharted 4 or The Lost Legacy or you know what I'm saying yeah. and I was like it just seemed I get I I was just surprised cuz they they seem like so on top of things narratively all the time that mm-hmm. to overlook pacing which i i can understand that pacing would probably be very hard to like get your mind around if you can't like distance yourself from the story like when you write the story everything's already in your head constantly going around so it's like hard to remove yourself to feel it 
as if mm-hmm. you're experiencing it for the first time. But I'm surprised that that didn't come up more with play testing or if it's like an error in the, the play testing process where only people play like 40 minutes at a time. Yeah. Because if you play this game just like in 40 minute chunks, then I'd, it, I guess it wouldn't drag. But like, you know, as a collective whole, I just thought, yeah, this game is way too long. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's definitely too long. And the ending is way too long. I yeah. think. I don't know. Yeah. But um, um, I guess that's just kind of an overarching thing. I get we can get more into the the just our overall thoughts on the story. I guess. Yeah. Um. Overall thoughts on the story. Um. It's really a mixed bag, and I'm still that way. I think thematically, a lot of this game doesn't work. Yeah, I think it. It's interesting because you said. I wasn't surprised that it didn't work for you because you had thought that like not being very closely attached to these characters going in was going to be a benefit for you since you wouldn't like, you know, you wouldn't take the story so personally and stuff. I think you really needed to be super attached to them to, in order to feel the, the beats that Naughty Dog wanted the gamer to feel. Well, but I, I've changed on that a little bit. On my most recent playthrough of the first game, I was a lot more attached to the relationship of Joel and Ellie um, than I had been previously. Now, admittedly, I hadn't had that stewing inside of me for a while because the first time I had played it, I was... I mean, I liked them, but I wasn't, like, in love with them, I guess. Um, but I... It's not even... It's not, like, them that... I have a problem with, I guess. I think it's other things. I don't think it, I don't think that's necessarily affected by that. I yeah. don't know. I we think can talk the, about it. It's hard. I mean, it's really hard to talk about this game without spoilers. But like, I see what they were doing. I think it's just long-winded thematically. Yeah. I think it's just long-winded and at sometimes very obvious. Mm-hmm. It, like some of the very big overarching themes are obvious and i think that's where our problem comes in but within that there are some nuances that i think if they just made this game not as long would have been effective but at the same time if they made this game not as long i think they would have pissed even more people off with the amount of game you have with certain characters so um i don't know do you want to say anything else no i think we need to go into spoilers all right so you're you're rating I, it? Are you going to rate it? I'm probably holding fast to a six and a half. I'm thinking eight. Okay. Um, I think, well, technic- from a technical standpoint, I think that's worth something, just how oh, yeah. seamless everything is. It's a very mm-hmm. fun game. I think there are gem and gems within this story. Um, I just, the pacing, terrible. Um, some of the, it's not a very fun game a lot of the time it's not supposed to be i don't think but i don't know if i really enjoyed playing this game a lot of the time like i enjoyed the first or at least was gripped by the first game i was definitely way more gripped by the story of the first game than i was for this one there's several times when i'm just like i just want to get to the next part you know i'm just playing through this to get to the next part um so I don't know if the, did you ever feel that? 
No, I, I mean, not really. I Because you said there were some parts that you just stopped exploring. I have so much fun exploring. No, I end up, I know I still ended up exploring. I oh, said I thought I, maybe I shouldn't because I thought the pacing was so slow. Oh. But I just couldn't I, help myself. I just have so much. <laughs> I have so much fun doing that in these games. So I... I don't know. I was I was taking my time with the game, honestly. Yeah, I, d- I did too. I, mine was like 28 and a half hours. I don't know how long it took you if you kept I, track of that. I didn't keep track of it, no. Um, but yeah, very long game. All right, on to spoilers. Spoilers. Boy, this is going to be a long episode, Jimmy, because we haven't even done spoilers yet. <laughs> yeah i mean i i mean i haven't played i think i finished this game what at least three weeks ago now so i feel like yeah. my thoughts have been set for a while or i just haven't really thought a ton about it recently i guess i don't know if i want to call this game a disappointment it's just not what i expected it to be mm-hmm. and sometimes that can be a great thing and sometimes it's not but like, <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, since people know spoilers at this point, I think it's interesting. I, in my opinion, they kind of Luke Skywalkered Ellie, where they made her a not a very likable character. In my opinion, in this game, yeah. Well, which I for me, I, I don't even think that's like a thing throughout the whole game. Like, I think it starts out and Ellie's like fine yeah especially as you learn more about what happened in between the first game and the second game like i think it's like a natural progression but as the game goes on she doesn't really develop she just becomes like unlikable yeah and i i i told you that i thought ellie's character was perfect and that's one of the things that i've backed away on a little bit because i think like the last act of the game ellie's just like I do not think that like per, like was developed properly. I don't either. And I cuz I was very surprised when you said that. Cuz I do I do like where it ends. I do like the ending of the game, I guess. I mean, I just don't think it should have been as drawn out as it was. Mm-hmm. Um how she's just this really tragic character. I mean, it ends very dep- I mean, depressingly. I mean, you have the the motif of the moth, which I imagine represents, I think what they're going for is that represents Ellie. And even though she's in this very dark place, she's going to end up going back towards the light. Mm. Um, we can get into this, I guess more later. I think there needs to be, I wouldn't say needs to be like the story could end here, but I think they'd be, it would serve the story to have a part three at this point and to have a redemption arc for Ellie. Yeah. I Um, think so too. I think that it needs that. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think like, I think the story stands on its own in terms of you could end it here and you could have this very somber yet very slightly optimistic tone. Um, but I just, I think there's more story left to tell of, Mm -hmm of Ellie's and I don't want I I don't want a part three that's not about Ellie I think that would be a mistake too um no but I is is that what do you think about that part no I agree I think it needs a part three um yeah I, I don't really have any trouble with that I 
this has been something that's been talked about a lot, especially since I've been reading reviews and stuff about it. But I fully agree with it. I think, like, having Ellie get upset at killing, like, a pregnant lady while ma- after having massacred tons of people is really dumb. <laughs> I didn't think that, really, I, when I oh, crap. was playing it. Damn. But I can see that argument. I, I didn't. Th- I guess I just didn't think of that when I was playing it. So that that wasn't okay. a problem for me. Yeah, I just because like there's a whole theme of like violence and revenge in this game and stuff. And I, it didn't really work for me because it's supposed to make you feel bad for like inflicting violence on these people, like that dog. Which I, the dog part, I thought was a little manipulative. I was like, at first, I kind of liked it, and then I was like, well, it's like she had been killing all these dogs before and then you're supposed to like feel bad about this one scripted dog um but yeah i don't like you you kill these people and then ellie's upset and it was after you were killing all these other people and the gameplay was fun while killing all these people so it's not like you the player have any regret doing it it's very satisfying gameplay um and I think it would have maybe worked better if there was like a non-lethal option or something. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know how fun think that would you, be. Or well, I think you can play the game without, like, other than just the scripted parts. I think you could that's technically there, play the game without killing people. That's true. But I mean, like, even even if you were to go through those large areas without killing anyone, you still have you have like that car chase and uh-huh. stuff where I think you have to kill people. Um, or else you'll die, I guess. Um, but I don't know. It just, to me, that did not work. And I think that was like part of Ellie's character development that I was like, why aren't we seeing this more throughout the gameplay and stuff? What's, so are you saying she should have been remorseful while she was, cause she was not remorseful until. No. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure. I don't think her feeling remorseful is like a character beat. I, I understand for her because she's been killing people since she was like 14. Well, and I mean, she it, kills this. She kills one visibly pregnant woman. These other people could have been pregnant. Like I, to me, it doesn't work. I don't know. The, 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 I think maybe the confusing part for me is that she knows why they killed Joel. Yeah. Yet she still sees them as this, like, just evil, like, mm. outright evil. Oh, that's true. Even though she already knows that. And she even, like, comes out when Abby comes halfway through the game. She knows, I know why you killed Joel. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why are you having this moment of empathy then, but not... And no. then that moment of empathy doesn't affect, like, doesn't affect her at all. Because she, like, I mean, she still wants to kill Abby. <laughs> she does. She's definitely struggling to get over it. She, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think the ending was very clever in terms of how they, I don't know if you caught that, like, how it was basically the Uncharted 4 ending epilogue. It was like the exact same thing and to like trick you into like, oh, this is the end of the game when they're on the the farm with the sheep or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she has like this PTSD moment and it's like, oh, crap. No, there's another two hours of this game. I thought that was actually pretty clever. 
because it was. I thought it was. Cl- I thought it was a clever subversion, but it still just drew out the game. It did. I think it should have been like half hour after that, not two hours. I thought the yeah. whole like the Rattlers. That was, was dumb. Really dumb. I thought you had that all was these, like, like you had these other factions, which I mean, I'm more. I I'm not totally sold on either of the factions either that you're kind of encountering throughout the game but they at least have more development in terms of like their culture and like who they are and you can like you know i mean you get them but rattlers are just oh no they're jerks yeah and i thought it was a contradiction of like the main theme of the game where it's like everybody's a gray character and then you introduce this like black and white these guys are bad guys characters like after you're like hammering home this point so it's like what <laughs> seems it's not very self-aware and yeah. it just seemed very shoehorned plot device yeah didn't totally. like that um in terms of i think I did. actually like the abbey half of the game was more fun even well, though okay, so even though i was like playing at first like the first half of the abbey story i was like i just want to know what happens at this point like i was like you're resetting all my upgrades from the beginning. I don't have the anything. first day. The first day of Abby's is excruciating. I yeah. think that's like the worst part of the game. That was I, that was when I was like, I just like I don't even want to play this anymore. Yeah, I just want to know what happened. I just get to play to know what happens. And I, I think that's unfortunate, just because like I, th- I mean people are mad for all sorts of reasons about this game, but I think that really hurts people's like their views on abby's portion because it starts out so weak but i i think Outs- gets- outside of um just kind of seeing the the football stadium century league stadium yeah. or field um in seattle i thought that was very neat mm-hmm. i'm like some I- kind of coincidental like <laughs> ties into my own life of abby's storyline um my dad and i one of Your our dad favorite also past- died yeah one of one of our favorite pastimes is playing backgammon, which was funny because backgammon was like a prominent thing in the WLF camp. And then also, my dad like set this initiative for my siblings and I to like collect all these state quarters, which is like a thing you do with Abby. So I thought that was very just like, iron like just not ironic, but just coincidental how that lined up with me. But I was still like, oh, I'm like, oh, I just gotta play Abby. Did you catch that? Um, what is it called? City of Thieves by David Benioff. She's no, reading that like the day one, which is one of the uh, major inspirations for The Last of Us Part One. Huh. Written no, by David Benioff, everybody's favorite <laughs> writer. He, that, um, that did not help with the divisiveness of this game. No. Um. Abby as a character, I don't hate. I think she's all right, but I think she's she's written for all the complexity that like Ellie and Joel have. Like she, her development is a lot more like straightforward. I felt. I think, and I she wasn't as interesting. Once again, I don't hate her, but I don't know. She's got a lot of parallels with Joel, which is interesting in gameplay. In gameplay, she plays pretty much like game, like Joel. Yeah, and in just herself, like she, like if you take yeah. Joel from the first game, he's basically Abby. 
I mean, Abby at that point is basically where Joel is, where she's got all these walls up. Mm -hmm. It's hard for her to be like vulnerable with people. She literally ends up escorting Lev to safety, Mm -hmm. which is very much like Joel and Ellie in the first game. And it's, it's just, I mean, from a, a, a it's kind of clever because like, everybody like so many people hated this game for hated Abby for killing Joel and Naughty Dog's like <laughs> Abby is basically Joel like also, there's Joel deserved fine. it <laughs> yeah there's a very fine line um between between them like they're basically the same character it's just your perspective so I thought that was clever but like I got that from the the like the whole like I thought it was like super effective when right when the it's at the climax halfway through the game and then mm-hmm. right when it cuts and you get that first thing with Ellie and her dad and you see that play out you see the dad through like her dad's death you mean Abby oh yeah Abby's dad I thought that I was like wow that was great mm-hmm. and then it's day one Seattle. And you're Abby. And I'm like, oh. And I was like, that's when I realized, oh, we're doing three days of this, aren't we? I I thought Abby's part was pretty telegraphed, not going to lie. I like, I was fully expecting it or something. I guess I wasn't expecting it to be that long, but I was fully expecting like a playable part of the game as Abby. Well, yeah, but you also played this after after a lot of people had. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, you had heard Abby was the worst part of the game before you played yeah. it. Well, but I, like I, I literally played that, it and I didn't even know Abby was a character. I when I heard like the name Abby and heard she was the worst part of the game, I was under the impression she was like a companion character. I was like, and then when she killed Joel, I was like, well, she's the worst part of the game because she killed Joel, but. I don't know. I felt like just because you hear like Abby's doing these things throughout Ellie's campaign, like, oh, she's at the aquarium and stuff. But you like and you don't really ever know what she's doing. You literally don't see her until the halfway point in the game again. And so I was fully expecting I'm like, you have to like know what she's doing. It was it seemed and especially since you play her at the beginning of the game. Yeah, I thought that I was like, once you played her at the beginning of the game, I'm like this is not the only time we're going to play as this character. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, I'm like, are they going to do this the whole game where we're swapping out characters? Or I thought, I think that would have worked better for pacing for pacing. Yeah. But for like the effects they were going for, cause I mean the whole like emotional gut punch, gut punch for me was gut effective punch. in terms of, I don't like Abby, but I guess we can play as her. I mean, just to get through the story. I mean that that emotion for me was there, and that's I think they wanted you to begrudgingly start out as Abby. Um, mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. It, I think part of the part of my problem we we keep s- spending time on Abby, but part of my problem is like you are you do hate her, like for so much of the game and it's just kind of boiling up inside of you because you're like oh she killed joel or whatever and even once you figure out like what i mean you know ellie already knew um what joel had done and stuff it's just like she you you're kind of this you have this hatred of her building up and you don't 
and then you play as her. They like throw and you, as you said, it's like a gut punch, but I I don't think it's like the right I don't think they were getting exactly what they were going for. Honestly. I I, I, I think it's just it would have been more compelling had Abby and Ellie had some sort of relationship. That, I mean, it's just like I get yeah. the whole like it's about perspective and we just see each, we're very factional. Uh, we, we like to be factionalism, you know, mm-hmm. tribalism within people, which I think is already conveyed well in the first game. And I know they're trying to hammer that home and it's very relevant to today that human beings are just naturally very tribal um, and like it's us versus them. But it's just I feel like it's just so on the nose throughout this. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there was a lot. I know there was a lot more with the scars and or the Seraphites and the WLF and like the original versions of the story. Um, listening to a Game Informer interview with um, Haley Gross, Hallie Gross and Neil Druckmann, the two narrative leads. Um, they said that the original story was over five days and like Ellie went to the Seraphite camp in the original Mm. And like one of the days and spent like a whole day there and it really fleshed out their side and their island more. Um, oh. Jeffrey Wright, his character, I thought was just uh, evil. He's literally just munching on He's an apple. Yeah. <laughs> in one of the scenes. I'm like, okay, okay, so you, the if it had gone on for five days, first of all, it's good they cut that down. But yeah. second of all, the, what I was mentioning earlier is like, I think Ellie day two and Abby day one, it just, it's literally like going out. Well, and Abby, Abby day two, even they're, they're going out and it's literally just like a fetch quest. Like they're going out and getting things basically, or like trying to find like Ellie's whole thing is that she's going out and trying to find people. And then she just keeps coming back to the same spot. It didn't feel like they were, that she was progressing that much. That's what, yeah, that's what I was saying with the whole, like, there's no momentum. The and first then Abby day, you're literally, just, you're just yeah, you're just trying to find people, and you don't you find like one person by the end of the second day. <laughs> yeah, and Abby Abby's day two, she literally goes to a hospital to get things to like help fix what's her name Yara, I think yeah. y- Yara's like arm and stuff, and then she just dies like it, it like the all and I get I mean obviously brutal world and stuff, but it makes the entire day two pointless. That was like the whole point of that day. Although day two had a great, the whole under the hospital sequence I thought was pretty good. Yeah. That was, uh, I also saw this in uh, this comparison in the review, but the fight against like the Rat King is very resonant evilly. And I pretty enjoyed that. Okay. So I said, I told you while I was playing the game, a lot of Resident Evil 7 vibes in this. Did you agree? Yeah, I did. So (laughs) you got, you got the starting over all your, you just, the point of the game where you're just stripped of all your upgrades. You have that. Sure. Sure. You've got like the cruise ship, like quarantining disease outbreak storyline or like mm-hmm. sub storyline that's bo- in both games. And then the rat King feels like a <laughs> boss fight from resident evil seven. Yeah, it does. I mean, it feels it, it could be ripped straight from any of the resident evil games. Honestly, it feels that way, but I also, I liked it. Like I didn't feel too out of place or anything. No, I, I loved the whole hospital sequence. Yeah. I thought that was great. Um, and I think that was when I was coming around to her story. 
Yeah, even like, even I, with like the lev on the skyscrapers, I didn't love that when I was playing it and going down all the the flights. Um, yeah, like Abby's fear of heights, like it's introduced early on, and then I'm like, oh great, she's gonna be in a really high place and <laughs> she's gonna get scared. <laughs> That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Um. I wanted. I do want to talk about that. This part of the game that we both really enjoyed, and that would be Ellie's birthday, the flashback with Joel. Yeah. Um. So I mean, just like I was, it was like the feeling of the giraffe scene in the first game, but over the course of like forty minutes. Yeah. And it was just beautiful. Like I don't like. I just like. I was just so happy, and it was so warm, and. It was, I don't know what to say. I just enjoyed every second of it. I thought it was just absolutely beautiful. Oh, I did too. The whole 100%. in the, the um, space capsule. Yeah, the, that's great. Yeah. Just, it feels so, it feels so Last of Us 1. Yeah. It's so nice. And it was and I mean, like the epitome of Naughty Dog storytelling. And I was like, this yeah. is what I bought this game for. Or these, like yeah. the smaller slower human moments of just this relationship between two people mm-hmm. and it w- it worked so well yeah and it's like man i would have loved to see more of that in the rest of the game and i just felt like we didn't really get any of those with dina no i agree i like dina i don't like, i i like the concept of dina i there's nothing i don't like about dina i just didn't I didn't buy into their relationship like nearly as much as I bought into the Joel and Ellie relationship. Like it was not even yeah. a fraction of it. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was like cute, but I mean, it wasn't as good as Joel. And I didn't Ellie. think they just had any super real moments. No, I agree. They yeah. should have. Well, it's like, it's very strange because in between Joel dying and then them going off, it feels like they've developed their relationship. It's only been like a few days. Yeah. And whatever. it's like, they're talking like they've been dating for months and I'm like, wait, yeah. what, where do, what happened? I mean, I've, they've obviously known each other for a long time. Also, yeah. originally there was a lot more that happened in Jackson and it's just a lot more preview. And I think that would sure. have been really good for the game. Mm-hmm. Cause I think the Jackson part is too short. I agree. Um, um jesse is whatever in the game i will <laughs> I, was, in the- I was i don't know if you saw the gameplay which if you saw the trailer where like joel is like you thought i'd let you do this all on your own and then it ends up being jesse in the game oh no i, I didn't see that you didn't okay that absolutely pissed me off because i was like convinced and i loved this idea in my head whether it would have actually been good in real life, I don't know. But I had this idea that, okay, they killed off Joel. We got this flashback with Joel. So there's still going to be Joel in the game. I think that's, you know, good or whatever. There's, they said this this game's still about Joel and Ellie and their relationship. I thought Joel was going to be like this, you know, spiritual figure that yeah. was going to kind of show up throughout the game. Conscience um, or something. Yeah. And that she was going to like wrestle with this and wrestle to forgive Joel, um, which you get at the end. I just thought it was going to be throughout the game. And I thought it was going to be like, I guess spoilers for the Arkham Knight, but 
I thought it was going to be like the Joker in Arkham Knight, how the Joker's kind of yeah. just with you. He's always this presence throughout the game. I was like, oh, they're going to do that with Joel. That is such a great idea. It goes right back to the first trailer when he's like, Ellie, are you really thinking about doing this? And he looks like ghostly. Like I'm like, oh, it's perfect. They've been marketing this the whole time. And I went back to that moment where Jesse grabs you. And he's like, you thought I'd let you do this all on your own. Because in the trailer, it's Joel. I'm like, okay, so I just got to make it to that point. Because then Joel will be around here. And that'll really add to this. And I'll get the momentum of the game for it going. And then it's just Jesse. I'm like, yeah. oh, well, that's a disappointment of a lifetime. Oh, I I agree. Yeah. Especially since Jesse, That'd like Jesse cool. really doesn't, he's like, I'm going to do this with you. And then like an hour later, he's like, well, I guess you're going off on your own because I got to <laughs> go get um uh, the the brother. Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Tommy's ending is terrible. I think Tommy, like the way they leave Tommy's character, I'm like, Why? <laughs> With him coming back? He comes back and he's like, he's like crazy demanding that Ellie's like goes and kills Abby. I'm like, I get that Abby like obviously shot him. I'd be pissed too, but it just like does not match with his character. I don't don't think at all. I think he and Joel are pretty similar in the fact that they're like ruthless and will do what, do bad things. I got really tired of the someone opens a door and immediately gets shot. Because <laughs> that happens like three times in the game. Like, yeah, first time it's Jesse. And I mean, I was surprised when that happened. But then it happens with Abby's yeah, with friend. Manny. I saw that yeah. one coming. And then Yara. Like, basically the same thing happens with her. Yeah. I'm like, it, it got really annoying. <laughs> And it was like the same thing. It was pretty much them opening a door every time and then getting shot immediately. (laughs) Yeah, there's some people with some great aim in that game. Yeah. Um, What did you think about the the workbench, like, scare? That was when you're, like, in the apartment. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. That was really, I was like, dang, that was was pretty good. That was a good moment, yeah. That was also, like, a, a trademark Naughty Dog thing to do. Like that's the great type of subversion of expectations where they like, oh, I'm in my little crafting menu. I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm safe, safe here. <laughs> yeah, no, terrifying. Um, man, just specific things. I thought well, some of the, I was very confused because I was like, some of the like notes and like kind of that un- environmental storytelling I think was like super great, mm-hmm. particularly like the one like the hospital stuff, yeah, and like there's one with like the scar and you like you have to use the noose in order to like get into like the other like one of the rooms with like a safe or something or whatever okay some sort of collectible thing there was a lot of good environmental storytelling around there i thought too but then others it felt just very filler yeah and whereas everything i thought from the first game was like really interesting and these micro stories were one of the reasons i love the first game so much um, but I just think a lot of them were lacking in this one. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't as invested with the with the documents and stuff in this one. Because even when I replayed the first game, I was like rereading all those. The ish storyline from the first game is just. Mm-hmm. Whew. And like not even all of that is in like the documents. It's just like, ooh, that's so good. Um. 
what else oh i was talking about my the in regards to the new enemies i i mean i got annoyed by like shamblers and whatnot you did i did but i don't have a problem with that i mean they, i didn't really have an issue with those the other ones like the stalkers i found those to also be very inconsistent while fighting them yeah i didn't i didn't really find them i think they were like supposed to be scary but i thought they were pretty easy to take out oh they, like, i kind of just stood there they did yeah and i mean i like the concept behind them but like one of the main thing one of the main strategies you can use is like throwing a bottle and then they'll like run over to the bottle or whatever yeah. but they didn't always react to that and so like sometimes they i'd know they're there but i couldn't i couldn't get like a good angle on them and then i'd throw a bottle and they just wouldn't react i don't know if i'm just being getting more desensitized to the to horror but i didn't think this game was scarier than the first one no like i don't th- i think it's said. more action based i did too i thought like there's the part in the first game where um Joel has is like alone and he's got to like turn on the generator or something to get on through the door and there's like a whole bunch of inf- oh, I thought that yeah. was like terrifying in the first and even just replaying it before this new one, the new one came out I thought that was terrifying and I just like I knew exactly what I had to do so I just did it as quickly <laughs> as I could I'm like I'm not wasting time down here whereas this one I'm like Hospital's like creepy, but like you said, it's very much more action mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. But yeah. Um I'm trying to see what else I have. I don't know. Um Joel's death, I I mean, I think it's good. Um I I mean he needed to die I think honestly I'm not sure I don't know and I I don't know how they would have reorganized this and they might I mean they probably considered this I think he should have he shouldn't have died right at like at least that soon or at least given him he doesn't really like have a character at the beginning of this game too much Obviously, you're not supposed to play this without having played the first one, but like even movies, like they reestablish characters pretty well, I think. Um, if you, I mean, for if you just forgot about the first movie or like haven't, well, if they you haven't reca- seen the first, they do like a recap in the beginning. I don't, I just don't think, I don't necessarily think he needed to die. I mean, I don't have a problem with him doing it, but I don't know if the the story. Because well, when it happened, I was like, yeah. okay, Naughty Dog, convince me this was the right way to go. I don't know if I was fully convinced. I, I think, think you could have needed... I think you could have told an interesting story with him still being alive. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think Joel needed to get his comeuppance somehow. Like, it, I think it was very necessary. I guess maybe he didn't need to die, but he did just kill all those fireflies. And he does act in a selfish way for a lot of the first game even though he's good with ellie and whatnot but i mean i guess maybe he didn't need to die here or maybe he could have waited until a next potential third game to die i don't know i think for his character it was necessary whether it needed to happen here i don't know i think i mean i understand having joel die is like in terms of like emotional effect on the the player that is like the the optimal that's what's going to do it the most like i'm going to get the strongest reaction into the game of like not ellie dying but like joel dying 
mm-hmm. like anybody else is not going to have this big an effect. But I think if you kill Dina or if you have that relationship develop more in Jackson, you kill off Dina. Yeah. No, that initial like heartbreak isn't going to be as big for me because it's not this beloved character from like a whole other game. That's one of my favorite games ever. But I think, you know, Ellie's, it would just be super hard on Ellie to like have lost Riley to have like this broken relationship with Joel and then to have like maybe for her to run away from Joel and kind of define herself through Dina and then to have that taken away and then she'd be just like, I need revenge and to go off and do this and then have Joel kind of go after her and kind of Joel reconciling with his own past and coming to forgive himself and helping Ellie kind of realize that revenge is not the answer. I think that could have been a compelling thing and then they fight each other and her coming to forgive him and him struggling to forgive himself. I don't know. I'm, you know, it might sound good to me in my head right now, but sure. I just think that could be it. Uh, could have been an intriguing narrative way to go. Um, but like I said, it's not like when Joel died, I was like, Nope, done. <laughs> I didn't think that at all. Like some people did apparently, but, so. um, is what it is. Yeah. Um, I thought the Abby and Ellie fight was very silly. Which one? When they, f- like when the, oh, okay. The first one where you play as Abby. Yeah. I thought it was very silly. Like, and it's like, I don't want to, most of that comes from the gameplay. Like I, I understood obviously they fight, but literally like, first of all, you have Ab- Ellie like crawling around and looks really stupid while doing it. Yeah, and I was like, okay, <laughs> but then you literally—they literally like fall through the floor. <laughs> like it seemed like it was trying to be very epic, and it didn't like—it didn't seem realistic at all. Yeah, I, I thought the second fight was pretty good. The second fight was better. Yeah, because I think because the character or the the player is gonna identify themselves through Ellie, no matter what. I mean, no mm. matter how much you like Abby, you're gonna identify yourself through Ellie. And I think the second fight is better because you're Ellie and you're you're killing this character or you're trying to kill this character and you can kind of understand that. But you're also in conflict with yourself. Whereas the first fight, you're Abby. You're like, you could make an argument that Abby's the better person. But still, I don't want to kill Ellie. Like, yeah. And it just feels really awkward. And that that conflict, that inner conflict for me didn't translate as well in that first fight. First fight Mm -hmm. has that second fight. And like you said, just the environment, the atmosphere of the second fight is way better. Yeah. Very cool. It reminded me of Blade Runner 2049 just because (laughs) it's in water. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Holden. Anything else to say here? Should we... We should probably finally wrap this up, huh? Yeah, this uh, this is turning into The Last of Us Part 2 in length. (laughs) <laughs> so let's uh what are you doing olden let's just move on to that huh what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing no what are you doing what are you doing yeah jimmy i think this will be our longest episode or close to it it'll be close uh, we'll see but but, but well deserved because we were both excited for last of us too and we hadn't really talked to each other about it at all i was surprised at how much i had left to say about it i kind of thought i would have been more indifferent about it by this point because for me it's just like 
like like I said, a little. I mean, disappointment is a strong word because my expectations were like an eleven out of ten game. So, you know, like I ended up giving it an eight out of ten. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's like coming to grips with that not being. It's not in my top five favorite games ever, but I yeah. still think it's a quality game with some things that it should be played. I think by a lot of All people. Right. We're out of the Last of Us Two review, Jimmy. So All stop right. talking about it. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so what have I done? Well, first of all, I came up to Sioux Falls and saw you, Jimmy. You did. Hold it. First time I've seen you in two months or not yeah. long enough. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good time. I I went on vacation. That was actually why uh, we skipped a week because I was out traveling. I was up in Okaboji, Iowa. And then came over to Sioux Falls for a couple days, and I didn't really want to lug around my stuff and and waste any of my precious vacation time recording a podcast. <laughs> um, but I've watched quite a few movies. Um, first of all, I watched. I had bought it before last episode, but I watched Come and See, um, the the Soviet war movie on Criterion. It was very good, Jimmy. Very, very good. It felt really modern. It was very disturbing. It's pretty Ooh. much filled with, pe- like, I mean, unknown actors and a crew that's pretty unknown, at least in the West. Um, but it was very impressive. And I think I think you should watch it if you get the chance. Maybe I'll let you borrow my copy. But I, I can see why, like, Roger Deakins, he has a whole interview on the Criterion a blu-ray about how like about how uh, uh this influential this movie was and i think it's very very good you are a man of high society holden watching special feature interview with roger deakins about his <laughs> how the this foreign well, soviet epic has inspired him to be cinema I s- well i you know i spent <laughs> i spent the money on this criterion blu-ray i might as well watch it and i mean i didn't Did i you, haven't watched you should have worn it you should have dressed up in a tuxedo to watch the movie i should have <laughs> <laughs> had a nice but glass then, of red wine on the on the opposite end of the spectrum i also rewatched the percy jackson films <laughs> Whereas I would give Come and See probably a 10 out of 10 or at least very close to that. These movies are like 1 out of 10. <laughs> They're so bad in like pretty much every way. Um, if you've read the Percy Jackson books, very enjoyable uh, young adult. I think they're young adult, maybe children's. I don't even know what they've classified as. But I read um, them in middle school. I did too. Don't remember um, anything about them. I remember certain parts. I don't Mount Olympus is above the Empire State Building. That's all about it is. It, I mean, they were probably my favorite series of books for quite a while. I even liked them more than Harry Potter. I really liked him. Yeah, yeah, not Um, more than Harry Potter because I'm not a blaspheming (laughs) fool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they they came out with these two movies uh, adaptations of the first two books, and they are pretty atrocious. I think they're among some of the worst book-to-movie adaptations. The first one has to be the worst book-to-movie adaptation. I mean, I haven't seen the second one, but I just remember reading the book, finishing it probably like a month or two before the movie came out, and then, or maybe like a week before, and then seeing it with my friend who also read it, and we were like, what the heck was that garbage? In like middle (laughs) school. 
middle school that's a low bar for like expectations for like a movie yeah i like transformers folks when i was like in fourth grade so i did too or third grade or whatever that most young most little boys did <laughs> yeah. well that's who uh that's who michael bay makes them for yes um i think percy jackson 2 is just as bad but in different ways and i i don't think i want to properly analyze it but <laughs> i won't i won't come out with a with a long essay about why they're equally just as just bad. read his letterbox review folks yeah, my letterboxed review of The Lightning Thief is, name a worse book-to-movie adaptation, I'll wait. And then the second one just says, seriously, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the other other two main movies I watched, um, I watched George Lucas's first movie, THX 1138, which I think is a pretentious pile of garbage, honestly. <laughs> I don't think it's, like, particular... Like, I obviously movies can be artsy and whatever. I did just watch Come and See, which is pretty like it's it's pretty artsy in some ways. Um, but THX, I think it's just it screams first film, and not in a way that like The Sixth Sense or something or like something like that does. It's just very seems pretty amateur, um, very boring. There's a lot of scenes of just characters screaming at each other for really no real reason. <laughs> It's like this podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Amateur, I, boring, and the themes, screaming the themes at are, each other. <laughs> I think the themes are very obvious, but having solid themes can only get you so far if the movie is not entertaining and not good in general. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, then the other one I really liked was Candyman, which I talked to you a little bit about Jimmy. And it's actually being removed from Netflix at the end of the month. For, so for any of you who want to watch Candyman, be sure to do so. But I think the first Candyman, we talked about the trailer when it first came out, the, the new one. And we were both kind of indifferent. I was a little bit more positive, but we were both kind of indifferent about it. Um, the first movie, I think, is very good, though. It's I went in thinking it was some like ghost slasher film about a guy with a hook hand. And it was really so much more than that. <laughs> about the hash-slinging slasher. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, hash slinging slasher it, you bubble can, ball i think i i think you can compare it a lot to like a lot of modern indie horror and i mentioned that to you there's if you watch if you like watch a lot of indie horror you could draw a lot of comparisons i think they get a lot of influence from this movie um it's a little i mean one could call it a little pretentious but it worked for me a lot better than like thx did so i well, I think Candyman's a solid film. One could call you a little pretentious too, and one they'd be right. I'm my... definitely pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just another uh, Criterion. Criterion. Film. It's a I Soviet went epic. And bought another one today. <laughs> <laughs> Reviewed it on my letterbox. <laughs> As he flips the all of scarf my letterbox over his shoulder. All of my letterbox reviews are pretty much jokes. My come and see one, which I gave five stars. I literally just said war is bad. Okay. <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. okay war's bad okay um yeah uh anyway i think that's pretty much it i've been playing i mean because i beat last of us i've been playing a lot of yakuza zero because i want to beat that before i go back to school and it's very fun the yakuza games are very 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 fun well, very like much the opposite what well go ahead 
I said they're very much the opposite of a of a uh, Criterion Blu-ray artsy film because they're very stupid but entertaining. <laughs> I'm like ninety percent of the way through Uncharted two, and I haven't played it in like a week, so I should probably oh my just God. finish that. Yeah, just play it. Yeah, I don't, I you still don't having trouble with it? My dad was making fun of you for having <laughs> trouble with it. Scott I Sutter don't know what it was, man. <laughs> Scott Sutter listened to the podcast and he was like, Jimmy's having trouble with Uncharted. He was making fun of you for having trouble with Last of Us and he's having trouble with Uncharted 2? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just telling you, those headshots hit them right in the head and they didn't die. So I don't, I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> Maybe I just wasn't trying to kill people because I'm not. It's that Ludo narrative dissonance. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. I bet you know what <laughs> yeah. that means. You're pretentious. Um, I don't know what it means, but I'm laughing at it. Uh, what am I? What was I going to say? Oh, uh, I know you're all eagerly awaiting my final thoughts on Married at First Sight, but I got a few episodes left to watch with Emily, so we'll have to Ooh. wait until next week for that. Okay, Dang. folks, hold your horses. In the meantime... I am watching The Leftovers, Holden. Oh, yeah. How far are you in that? The, the TV show on HBO finished. Damon Lindelof. You may know him from as like a co-creator of Lost, but also like Watchmen and Tomorrowland. The so the hunt. He's got, he's <laughs> the, yeah, the hunt. So he, he swings hard whenever he makes something. He Either it's a home <laughs> he run or he, hard. or he strikes out, I guess. Um. But uh, I'm like, I'm in the middle of an episode, which I hate because I I always try to watch a full episode at a time. (laughs) But um, I'm like in the middle of the eighth episode, I want to say. Personally, I think it's, I like, like overall think it's good. Very good. There, I am not super interested in uh, Justin Thoreau's kids. Yeah. Those characters, I could care less about them. I don't like the girl just seems like so unnecessarily like edgy and I think her friends are dumb. So I don't really care about them and they just make bad decisions and it's like, oh, we're edgy teenagers. Cool. And the other one is like in this cult that mm -hmm. is not super interesting to me. And he seems just kind of dumb. You'll like season two a lot more. Yeah, I'm imagining that those characters are not <laughs> far less prominent. Okay, that's good. The other, like pretty much everybody else, though, I find fascinating. Um, it's pr- particularly like this priest, um, mm-hmm. the main character. I like the mayor, and I like um, the uh, uh, what's her name, Laura Nora. Durst. Nora Durst, yeah, yeah, who's tragically like lost all her family to the to this event that's kind of like the rapture but it's random so yeah that's my thought on that i like i you've said it kind of gets better as it goes that's kind of what i've heard so i yeah i think season two fixes a lot of the problems yeah i have no idea what to expect which is good i think there's some interesting parts to it and uh yeah i'm i'm excited to see where it goes nice Uh Oh, I also watched, my sister was in town. She um, brought a friend with her to stay with us. And her friend is very much into horror movies. Oh, nice. And like her favorite horror movie is like this campy 80s horror movie called Sleepaway Camp. 
Oh yeah, I know. Okay, I know this one. Have I haven't seen, seen it? it, but no, it was all right. We watched it. Um, it was entertaining enough. It's got a f- kind of little f- interesting ending. Um, but yeah, like it's not scary, so it's kind of campy, fun, good, campy good like it's set out of camp. Literally campy. Um, <laughs> it's got it's kind of fun to watch with friends, I guess. Um, so yeah. That's what I've been doing, Holden. Speaking of doing things, what are we doing next week, Holden? Well, we have a a new request for a genre that has been particularly uh, dismissed on this podcast. We have not. I don't think we've yeah, really Holden, done. Yeah, Holden, why are you such in, a hater? <laughs> I don't think we've done an entry in this in this genre yet. So get ready for our first romantic comedy <laughs> review. Um, we are going to be doing Love Rosie. Uh, we got this request. I'm kind of excited. Um, I think I've heard decent things about it. I mean, it's not like an all-time classic like you might have with some of the like older ones. Um, but I've heard it's an enjoyable little romp, so we'll have to see how that goes, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh i yeah, have my in. doubts <laughs> just kidding uh, i know nothing about it and we'll go in open-minded oh, I, I, like a well-rounded what? individual i guess we did review mud somar that's like a romantic comedy yeah <laughs> hilarious i it's did so laugh funny. pretty hard in the middle of that movie it, it, there are some funny parts um <laughs> anyway um that's pretty much it be sure to send us more requests to our email uh tompodcast at gmail.com although you can what were you gonna say i was gonna say give us a five-star review if you haven't and put the request yeah but if you have that should be your first pick on itunes five stars leave us if you (laughs) if you already have done that (laughs) you could either um uh, legally change your name, get a new identity, and give us another mm-hmm. five star review. Acceptable. Make, make a new, or yeah, or you could um, you know, or hijack a, another person's account and give us a five star review. You know, we're into manipulating figures, statistics. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you can also email us directly, tompodcast at gmail dot com. I already said that. <laughs> You can also donate to our Patreon. That's another option. Uh, yep. You can do that there. We'd appreciate that. Um, Jimmy, when do you start up school? Uh, or when the, when do you start working? I uh, start working August 10th. Okay. So first day so of school is August 20th, Holden. Jeez. Next week, we, the episode might be a little delayed because I'm moving into a new apartment. Ooh. which is exciting but i won't have internet the first couple of days so we might have to wait a couple of days to get the, the episode going so maybe midweek next week again but uh okay we'll uh get that to you sooner than later asap asap yeah. yep. um uh I'll should we just should Facebook? we just should we just stall so we make our first ever two-hour podcast yep <laughs> well here I, I i'll say uh um you can find us on facebook uh we're there give us a like and a follow on that if you want because we'll uh we'll be posting i'll post 
on it this week. Um, what else can we say to stall it to two hours? Well, okay, let's let's do a quick rock paper scissors match, and then I'll narrate what's going on. All right, ready, Holden? Okay. Rock paper scissors shoot. This doesn't work with Skype. We both did no, scissors. It <laughs> We both did scissors, Holden. We got to keep going. Ready? I kept seeing you kept saying rock, paper, scissors, and then it was like delayed in the mic. So, or in the video, not the mic. All right, ready? Okay. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, shoot. We both What'd did paper. <laughs> I can't even see your hand. We both <laughs> did paper. Work. So, uh, right. since we tied both of them, I think I won. Um, adios, pantalones. We'll that, see you next that was our That was our random segment for this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh say your say your outro bit again because i said something <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> i already said my outro line old and i can't say anything else it's in my okay. contract fine all right love you that's nightly news for this wednesday night i'm tom brokaw and i'll see you along the way so thanks for the memory of Brokaw's expertise that enhances NBC's. We know he'll climb in any time he does it in a breeze. And we thank him so much. Tom, good luck. Hope you stay awake till 7 p.m.